0: Others, mm. so, go every time, so others oh, may, every time, get some.
1: Live from KS Bar and Grill, introducing the pennant Deep podcast with Max Duffy and Miles Butler, presented by Kentucky Sports Radio.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone. This is Max Duffy, former punter from UK, uh, you may remember me from such fourth downs as the kick into the the Georgia crowd, but we'll get into that in a little bit. I've got a co-host with me today, another former fourth down specialist, uh, former UK kicker, Miles Butler. Miles, welcome. Thanks for having me. Miles, you want to give uh, the audience, they probably haven't seen you in what, two or three years, give them a little bit of a rundown of what you're doing these days and uh, what you've been up to, any more kicking going on, things like that?
0: I haven't been kicking much lately. I'd say if they've been to Broadway and Nashville, they've probably seen me a time or two. That's, other than that, probably not say the last time they saw me, memorably, would be at Texas A&M. There was a field goal that I kicked, and if you've ever golfed, which I don't golf much, no Tiger, but if you've ever golfed and you've tried to hit one over the pond, and you hit it, and as soon as you hit it over the water, you know it's not gonna make it there, even though it's straight. I had a similar feeling in the stomach that day. Um, we were in overtime at AM, m hit the ball. Pretty sure I hit a good chunk of grass before my foot ever got to the ball and then hit the middle of the crossbar and bounced out overtime. time. Um, but then went on, came back, kicked some in the Citrus Bowl, got us a win there.
2: you brought back a lot of bad memories, I think, yeah. for all Kentucky fans listening at the moment. Uh, probably didn't want to go through that day again. We were, we were going well at that time of the year, and uh, yet yeah. yeah, they've solely blamed you for that season going downhill from there. I'll take all the blame,
0: but moving on from that, I'm more concerned with your air that you'd like to talk about. There was a fan at the game against Georgia that may be permanently injured. Do you want to talk about how that may have occurred?
2: Yeah, I guess, unfortunately for us, Miles, we, uh, we get remembered for the, the ones we stuff up rather than Isn't the it? ones we do well, um, as all fourth down specialists do. And, uh, yeah, rainy, windy day against Georgia. Everyone forgets the 55-yard average before that. Everyone just remembers when it goes about 20 rows into the stand. So, um, lined up. My good friend that we're going to hear about a little bit more on the show that now plays at Missouri, Grant McInnes, Um, was calling me a word that i probably shouldn't use on the show Um, some sort of female cat uh, if i didn't kick what he described as a rollout spiral 70 yards down the field so i decided i didn't want to be termed that for the rest of the year and i went for it and uh, it went 70 yards it just went sideways so not a good start for either of us and unfortunately that's how we're remembered from kentucky fans but Moving on, Um, it's good to have everyone here listening today. Um, Hopefully, you guys get something out of this. We're going to do a bit of a season preview today. Hopefully, have some laughs along the way. Tell a few stories. We don't want to be too serious about it. We're not getting going to gonna get into the XO, X and O's, basically because we don't know. I
0: I, we don't know anything about those, so it would be a waste of time. It would be a complete
2: those. waste of time because I couldn't tell you the difference between inside, zone, inside zone, outside zone, what a pass is, what a field goal is. I couldn't tell you the difference. So that's concerning.
0: Considering <laughs> you
2: held for field goals, but that's all right. Um, But we have both now, obviously, former Kentucky players, unfortunately. What do you miss most about football, Miles?
0: I'd say the locker room is a pretty common answer, but just kind of, you know, hanging out with the guys, getting to know everybody. Specifically at UCAD, I'd say Coach Stoops' weekly speeches are up there with stuff I missed the most motivational one but also usually a good laugh at the end for everyone
2: yeah I was going to agree with you there I was going to say there's always things like guys always miss the camaraderie playing obviously um the the bus ride for me to the stadium was a big one just being able to see all the fans and go through the tailgate and kind of you know that's when the the, the heart rate started to lift yep. a little bit you started to get a bit of adrenaline and realize it was game day um, obviously a little bit less last year with COVID but uh, on the whole it was awesome to be a part of that but you touched on a great point. There is nothing better than a Mark Stoops Monday kind of recap slash, you know, intro into the week, or Friday real post, like pre-game, like let's go kind of rah-rah type stuff. Um, you got any quotes that you really enjoyed from him during our time during these meetings? Because there was a lot of them. It
0: was tough to choose, isn't it? He'd usually come in with like a little slip of paper. And At first we thought maybe like someone was giving him these. I'm convinced that he would do a lot of research Monday morning leading up to the meeting, come in and just address us like a president would, almost from the Oval Office. Um, Top tier quotes from Mark Stoops. He would always ask after rhetorical questions, true or not true, as in, you know, are we going to give full effort today, true or not true? I would hope everyone would say true. But that tended to be the answer to the question every time, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, unfortunately, um, every true or not true was true. So um, if it was some sort of... I was thinking about this actually the other day. If, if Mark Stoops ever got fired, and let's hope he doesn't because he's a fantastic coach, but he ever and was looking for a different uh, vocation. Vocation. Yep. That's a big word. Yep. Uh, college... Uh, Professor would probably not be strong suit because every single exam would be a true or not true test and you know It's going to be true to every single answer.
0: I'd take that class. It would be tough to fail for sure.
2: Yeah It would be very tough to fail, but another one of my favorites um, that we probably might cover a little bit uh, as the weeks go on and if we ever cover it again was Boys do what they want to do, men do what they have to do, that was one of my all-time favourites. If you, It's too easy to pull the covers up in the morning, Miles, it's too easy to pull the covers up. Yeah, the snooze up. button. Yeah. Yeah. Way snooze too button. easy. Everybody wants to do that. But, um, we had an announcement during the week, before we get to a little true or not true segment which we've got coming up, we had a little announcement during the week um, about the starting quarterback uh, being named. Will Levis, just want to get your thoughts this year, Miles. Are your over, kind of your overarching thoughts on Kentucky football this year. Maybe a prediction of how many games you think we can win, and you know the changes with, with Will coming in. So we want
0: to start with Will then. We or will. We want to start with an overall prediction. I guess we give, could go. Give us both. We'll go overall first. I think nine and three would be the goal for the year. Is, is what I see as a good good year with a good bowl win as well. I'd say nine and three would get you in a really good, maybe even a New Year's. New Year's Bowl would be a nice start. I think the offense, um, which we'll cover a bit later, but I think the offense is gonna take on a different dimension this year that we haven't really seen before. And then you do have a lot of returning guys offensively that I think Josh Alley and some guys came back. Luke Fortner came back a super senior. You've got some senior leadership there that are gonna be really important for him down the stretch of some of the big games. So I think nine and three with a good bowl win would be a good prediction. I think Stoops would, you know, he's gonna wanna go 12 and obviously, but I think he'd be pretty pleased as with the fans with nine and three this year.
2: Um, Nine and three, given that our quarterback eats bananas with the peel on.
0: I hate to bring up the subject, but I feel like it's got to be discussed. I mean, all I've seen all week is the great practice film and all the videos of him throwing deep balls. And I, great, that's all good. And I'm glad that someone's covering it. But there needs to be way more attention and not positive either, given to the entire banana eating.
2: (laughs) I'm just interested into how that comes about. And at what point, like, is it only bananas that he eats with the peel on, or is it all fruits? I'd like to see a pineapple next. Love to see a pineapple. Uh, Could be an interesting take. I'd love, if he puts out a video with a pineapple, there's a nil deal right there.
0: Well, and if you're the other team and he doesn't care to eat an entire pineapple, obviously on fourth and inches, he doesn't care to put his body on the line for anything.
2: And and it was because I think he came out during the week after he talked about the banana eating incident and said that his girlfriend's family was throwing out a bunch of bananas and he just thought he'd munch on one. Um, <laughs> interesting decision to make. Um why, how many bananas does his girlfriend's family have, why are they throwing them out, and could he not find any sort of riper banana to do it with?
0: The thing I'm more concerned with was, I, well, we watched the interview together of in post-practice when they asked him about it, and they asked him what it tasted like, and he said banana bread. <laughs> I don't know if his mother, grandmother, aunt can't <laughs> bake, but I can't imagine that banana bread tastes anything like the peel.
2: What I think is actually a good part about that is though, is there's no need to make banana bread anymore. Just get an old banana and and all the cafes around yeah, Lexington, gonna... just start giving unripened bananas, just dating bananas out and then we don't have to ever do banana bread again.
0: It's gonna put some of the cafes out of business because it's like, why would I go in there and get a nice baked bread when I can just go to Kroger and get a pack of bananas, bananas. <laughs> I'll start saying it the same way if you want.
2: Yeah, good luck saying bananas like I do. Um, but in all seriousness, it will be, it'll be interesting to see how Will goes this year. I think a lot, obviously, rests on his shoulders. Um, thankfully, they're very broad. So hopefully, he'll be able to carry that load. Uh, it should be interesting to see how many wins we can get. I'm, I'm with you. I think maybe nine or ten wins would be, would be huge for us. Uh, if we can get more than that, that's obviously a record-breaking season. So looking forward to how the guys will go. But um, I guess moving on, back to the true or not true part of mark stoops's repertoire that he loves and i'm guessing most of these questions we're going to try and go along with his theme of everything being true but if it's a not true you can answer this honestly got some true or not true questions for you miles you ready to go fire away first true or not true chris rodriguez obviously breakthrough season last year um you'd probably be surprised to know well i've said this to a few people they've been surprised at how low this number is but Talked. He had 700 odd yards, maybe just over 700 yards from about 119 carries. Um, Benny Snell, back in his prime, had three years over a thousand. Uh, but he used to get carries up in around 260, 280, so um, more than double the carries. Um, if Chris has a thousand yard plus season uh, from you know the low carries, I think he's averaging about six or seven yards a carry. Can he go past Benny as the best running back in Kentucky history?
0: Not true, and that is breaking with the usual Stoops answer, but not true. I think just, one, Benny came in a time where the program was still, I would say, on the rise as to where it's at now, so I think a lot of people kind of view him as the person, even though there was obviously a lot of players, he kind of helped as the face lifted up, and then that um, his last year with being the Citrus Bowl season was probably the best season he's had in a long time, and then, two, just going off the stats that you were saying, I would say quantity over quality, not that C-Rod's better than Benny necessarily, but sounds like Benny, just based off volumes, be getting all the carries, the yard is going to be tough to break unless C-Rod gets that level of carry this year, which with Smoke joining him in the background, I don't see him getting that yardage, or the carry amount. Um, so yeah, I would say efficiency-wise, C-Rod is toe-to-toe right there with Benny, but I don't think he's going to see the
2: volume. There's so many videos that Kentucky puts out that are unbelievable with just Humorous three or four second bits of content normally from the big dog Vince Marrow or from coach Stoops himself Um, We'll probably get to a lot of them through this pod one of my favorites uh, The give it to Benny or give it to 24 26. Sorry, almost Six? made a mistake. Give it to 26. One well, I think it was against South Carolina when we beat them about three years ago. Just over and over again into the microphone. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give well, it to I think,
0: him. I think Coach Grant may have been a bit sick or something. <laughs> so they were like, just for a few plays, Coach Stoops, can you help us call it? And instead of, you know, left, right, again, we're not getting into X's and O's. I don't know the calls, but he probably like me just wanted to keep it simple. Just give it to Benny. Whatever play that is, let's keep running it. And that worked pretty well.
2: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree. I think we're going to throw it too much for Chris to have, exactly. a, to have a huge season this year. Um, well, in terms of he can have a 1,000-yard season, but whether he can have that real kind of almost Heisman-like season that Benny was having that year, I'm not sure that's possible. Next true or not true in the quiz, Miles. Um, speaking of offense, obviously a lot's being talked about. Our new offense, uh, Coach Cohen coming from the Rams, uh, going to be interesting dynamic using that new Rams offense, uh, going away from kind of the handed-off mentality that we've had for a long time, play the defense, kind of lock it down. I want to know that everyone's kind of half glass full at the moment, glass half full at the moment. Very full. If it's empty and it doesn't work out, how is this going to to hurt our recruiting? Um, And could it lead to a a big drop-off for Kentucky football in the future? Just purely due to the fact that now we've kind of gone all in on this offense and if it doesn't work and we're gonna to struggle to recruit quarterbacks and wide receivers in the future.
0: True, based off the surrounding schools and other schools that are coming in. Texas and Oklahoma will be who knows when they're actually joining, maybe twenty twenty five, but at some point. But clearly Alabama last year with Mac Jones and even before with Tua. And then LSU Joe Burrow, Florida with Trask and the Kyle Pitts, the group they had last year. The other schools are clearly starting to figure it out. Um, I would almost kind of group Kentucky in there with Georgia, and they've seems like they've kind of stuck to this, let's play good defense, let's run the ball, and neither one's kind of been able to get over the big hump of the other schools. So if Kentucky can't figure out the way to kind of spread it out and get recruits at quarterback and receiver continuing to come in, it looks like they're going to be a step behind the rest of the teams going forward.
2: Is it going to be a prerequisite now? from coach Cohen when he's recruiting that you have to show this kind of banana eating ability or is that you think that's just a one-off like if he goes really well are we going to say hey if you can't eat the banana with the peel on you're done another coach Stoops comment there you're done
0: (laughs) I would say I would hope that this is a one-off and just a normal maybe the next recruit he's like honestly I don't want you doing that stuff that's really weird and I like banana bread just normally so let's just (laughs) keep it how it was no need to switch it up
2: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree and say it's true. um, To put my two cents in, Uh, I think for a lot of it's gonna be very interesting to see this year. For a lot of time, we've relied on our defense to kind of always be able to keep the game close, keep them under thirty. And I think we've seen teams like Alabama that have started to air it out, um, play this more spread style offense they've also leaked a fair few scores as well i would say that most people have said that alabama's defense hasn't been as good as it used to be i think that the offense contributes to that a lot um we've always kind of leaned on our defense and leaned on our maybe our Punning? special special teams games a little bit um, and so now it's going to be interesting with a few three three and outs with not much time off the clock if they get a few more possessions are they going to put more points up on us but the next true or not true for you miles here Keaton Upshaw, unfortunately lost him, which is a huge part of our offense. Uh, lost him for the season. Uh, torn peck, uh, benching the house down. Uh, could he be the difference between an 8-10 and 10 win season? Is that is he that vital of a, of a part that we, we may lose a couple of games just due to not being able to throw the ball to him?
0: I would hope the answer to that is no. I think when you look at him, um, that's a room that's got some depth in it. Justin Riggs, some seniors, Brendan Bates, some guys coming up. Um, but I think with him, you were looking at a guy that in the red zone, three became seven just because he's going to get some, just throw it up there and go get a big fella thing. And those and some of those key games, that's obviously the big difference is did we get three or seven in that possession? And you turn a couple of field goals into touchdowns and that's all you need to win. So I think you could see, unless another big red zone target emerges think you could see him being a big difference in being out there
2: Keaton's got the go-go gadget arms and uh, I love it when you know red zone kind of target we could just throw that thing to him I think it, it's going to hurt us a little bit um, but there was a little rumor going around when he did go down and uh, Mark Stoops has a lot of friends in the horse industry A lot of he, he doesn't mind getting out to Keeneland every now and then And I believe he maybe threw up the idea of sending Keaton down to someone's stalls just to see if their trainers could attend to him, see if they can get him back out on the track a little bit quicker. To say a lot of
0: friends would be an understatement because I think you're undermining like the power and fame of some of the friends. But yeah, I've heard through the grapevine as well. Same thing that you're hearing that Keaton, that they offered to send him to some of Bob Baffert's stables. (laughs) Some of the injections may have helped speed up the recovery process, but um, I think after meeting with some of the head trainers at UK, they're gonna take normal course of action. But I like Stoops keeping the
2: options open he, and yeah, reaching out to thinker. all
0: resources. Yeah, he's no reason to not sure. use them if you've got
2: them. And he, and he saw how well they ran too, some of these horses as well. And he just thought, you know, he had a bit of pace to Keaton too, it'd be huge.
0: A little speed. The Kentucky Derby winner <laughs> was from Baffertsport. I don't know if that's still counted technically, but <laughs> it worked for him. It could work for Keaton, who knows?
2: Uh, and the, the last true or not true for you, Miles? And we're going to keep it special team specific because we love special teams. We love talking about kicking and punting, and Just no, one, no, no one, no yeah. one else does. Everyone else would rather us stay off the field, but we're going to we're going to have a little shot at that. Uh, Matt Ruffalo very improved last year. Uh, Twelve from fourteen field goals. Uh, missed the one big extra point. That was his only miss though against old Miss, but it was a big one for us. Uh, is he going to be the difference? So I would almost put this into it as well. Who's is Matt Ruffalo's importance now? Uh, is he does he become one of the most important players on our team? And is he the difference between a couple of games this year?
0: I think that depends on your schedule and how the games actually play out. Because I mean, you can you can look year after year when Austin was here, McGinnis. I mean, Mississippi State, the Louisville game. You'd go honestly without Austin making those kicks, we probably don't win them. But then some games, like, oh, we won you know, 10 points and it wasn't ever a worry. But having him handy in your back pocket is the guy you can count on from 50 late, which last year I think he kind of stepped up to that challenge and said, hey, some of these long ones, I don't have any problem stepping in and kicking them. Having that in your back pocket to know late you can get three if you need it um, is going to be huge for Stoops and how they can call the game.
2: A big watch for me is the Italian meatball, as he refers to himself, Matt Ruffalo. Does his hair ever move, ever? during a game so when they go to him as he runs off and on the sideline if he makes a big kick just watch when he takes his helmet off his hair does not ever move it's like he's a he's like he's a lego kind of piece you know the lego hair just doesn't move that's exactly what he looks like
0: i hope his ball stays straight as his hair does it'd be good (laughs) wouldn't it if he could just kick
2: him that straight what's uh what's the key i guess while we're talking special teams for a little bit and not, not a whole lot of people are always interested in this, but it's also always good to talk about what what's the key you think in a big moment, Cause, and, and they're all big moments, and that's what kind of annoys me sometimes is people will go back to your Texas A&M game, and it's often referred to, I know when we walk into the bars, everyone turns around, Miles what were <laughs> you again. doing, Texas A&M guy, come on, here we go, but you made two in the bowl game yep. and the citrus bowl and we win by three points and it's never brought up or even mentioned it's a big it's a, it's just as big a kicks as that moment um but not brought up what do you what, what's key to that what's key to making those big ones
0: i'd say just keeping your routine the same because like you're saying they obviously all count the same um i think if you kind of get in your head and go okay this is overtime texas a and people yelling i need to do something different or think about it more than a normal one then that's kind of when you, you're going to mess it up and, and do something that you shouldn't. If you just treat it like a 25-yard field goal against the first game of the year when you're up 30 points, go through your routine, do your steps the same, go to the net, kicking down on the sideline, warm up just how you would for any other kick. I think if you can approach it the same way, I know obviously in your head it's a little bit different, but physically doing the normal steps the same way can help you out a lot.
2: Yeah, not having Grant trying to abuse you on the sideline while mm. like he's next to you is, is huge too. Um, we've got a special guest coming up, Miles. Uh, just for the just for the listeners, we actually recorded this um, a little while back, and it's going to be a little bit dated in parts because of the events of the last couple of days. As um, in the banana part. <laughs> um, but we, we're going to be joined by Luke Fortner uh, in a second. Uh, Luke Fortner, just the new starting center. Or we're about to ask him if he's going to be the starting center, but the new starting center. Mm-hmm. Um, of the Kentucky O-line. It'll be good to hear from him. He's a former housemate of mine and we will get to the Luke interview now. Um, we've got a special guest today, Miles, which is great. We're going to get a good insight here for some players' mindset. Uh, we've got possibly, and he can confirm or deny this, the new center for the Kentucky football
1: team, formerly guard, Luke Fortner. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Max. It's an honor to be on the mic with you and, and Miles, truly. I uh, appreciate it. Another true. Another true, true. true.
2: Good to have you on, Luke. Uh, confirm or deny? Confirm Are you, as of now. Yes, yes, yes. Definite starting center this year. How's, how's that going for you?
1: It's going well. I, I used to tell Drake how easy it was, so I'm you know, putting the money where my mouth is, right? Trying to figure it out.
2: I uh I hope they haven't given you Drake's jersey. No, no, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just tell us at the moment, Luke, uh, how's camp all going? Just give us a general feel of the group. Obviously, uh, earlier in the show, we were discussing wins and losses, and you're not going to do that, but... How's the group feeling? How are you feeling? Everyone's confident, I'm guessing, ready to go, excited for the new challenge.
1: Yeah, everyone's really excited. The team, there's an energy about them. Uh, they're really excited on offense, especially to to get this new offense rolling and you know work all out work out all the details and the intricacies. So so we're really excited. I know the defense is is humming along just as they always have been. And they're you know, they've been running the same defense for a while now, so so they've got it down. Um,
2: let's get to the serious stuff of camp. Uh. Mark Stoops Obviously a favorite of this show We'll probably bring him up many times <laughs> uh, he's, In all honesty he is a great coach And we, we obviously love our time But True. he allows us to be ourselves And have a good joke around Which is also a great part of it uh, One thing that I used to love about camp Was uh, You know there was going to be a day When Stoops Either didn't have enough sleep the night before Didn't um, get a Starbucks The Starbucks was ba- bad, mm, bad, bad milk Bad cup of Joe Yeah, bad Joe uh, maybe burnt the, burnt the seeds I'm not too sure Burnt <laughs> the, the, seeds? the seeds I think it's beans, but <laughs> beans. <yeah. laughs> Maybe they did put seeds in there Maybe that was the <laughs> an issue um, And he was going to be pretty fired up that day And he was going to probably lose it at some point um, He probably keeps you know his demeanor pretty in check I'd say more than most coaches But there's definitely a moment when he loses it um, I'm guessing that hasn't happened yet at camp No <laughs> Not yet
0: That's concerning because if Huge the more concern. it builds up, and if it can get to the first game, the first missed PI call that ref is just going to get an absolute
2: earful. But hopefully, he gets one out before then, so it's not as bad. One of my favorite parts that people wouldn't know about is um, when you're on the football team, we have what's called an influencer app, and um, basically, we partner with a, a company called Influencer, and each game, all the photos that are taken by multiple media outlets are put on this influencer app, and Um, you can go in there, download your picture, and it's a great way for the guys to share their photos. Um, You'd find, I'm guessing, uh, probably 100% of the photos that the guys share on Instagram are from this influencer app. But my favorite part about that app was they would put up pictures of stoops every single game, and 50% of them are him just yelling at the ref. Headset's off, face is red, looks like a tomato. He is...
1: Belt being grabbed, <laughs> belt being grabbed from behind. <laughs> yeah, yes.
0: that's probably the toughest job on the team is keeping him back in some of those moments. I wonder if Kentucky's looked into like uh, the front row because you can, if you're down close, you can hear it. Maybe only letting like eighteen and plus down
2: there just because they've heard some of the rants that Stoops will give. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that's a bad idea. <laughs> um, another part of camp that I've uh, actually enjoyed this year, Luke, um, and you can kind of fill us in. On what it is, But me and Miles are going to try and take a guess at it before you let us know what it actually is. There's interesting headgear being worn by the players at the moment. Um, it almost looks like they've taken a beehive or some sort of honeycomb uh, fixture and just placed it over the helmet. And it looks ridiculous. I'm sure there's a natural reason for it. We've got a theory. And I actually feel like it's pretty spot on. So there's been confirmed ufo sightings now by by the military right no you can't debate it they've said that there is very real stoops really worried about this as he should be I think and we all we, should be. we've gone almost like i can't even i can't even give you a, a movie i was gonna say et but i'm not sure they do it in that but we've gone tinfoil over the head type stuff <laughs> to stop the possible alien invasion or them taking over our minds it's all a competitive advantage. I mean,
0: if if you're playing Georgia and they don't have them and you do, and the invasion was that day, the game's going to go on. So you've got to
2: leg up. I think it's going to be used in recruiting, no doubt. And I, and I think I think what Stoops has thought, and, and I, I I back him on this is maybe Georgia's made contact with these UFOs, <laughs> and they are flying over our practice trying to watch us and try and get in our heads, ruin our play calls, ruin our decision making. And he's just he's just one up them straight away and just chucked on chucked on the impenetrable hats. True.
0: <laughs> so this is exactly
2: right? This is great. How close are we, Luke?
1: Uh, you're a bit off, possibly. I've been told, and and now you guys are making me doubt it, but I've been told that they're for the safety of our brains, right? Uh, we, reduce, we, which is what we're arguing. I, yeah. <laughs> you reduce, you know, the magnitude of the hits you take, right, especially for, for the offensive and defensive linemen. Uh, a lot of hits per practice, and these cushions, right, uh, reduce the hits you take. And – to be honest, you really don't feel the hits with uh, the cushions on Are they heavy? They're hot. Okay. I don't know if they're, they're, they're the not so heavy. Oh, I bet the linemen hate them. But it's definitely uh, less room to breathe in there for sure. Is
2: it is it a deal where, because I'm just really not across it, is it a deal where that actually records um, the impact that's being made? Or is it just purely to, like, are they taking statistics on this? Or is it just, it's
1: there to reduce the collision? It's purely impact. there to reduce the collision, yep. Gotcha.
2: Is this a Kentucky thing, an
0: SEC thing, or do you know? Or is it, uh, is it's,
1: it's been used before at plenty of other gotcha. schools, and Kentucky's just adopted it. Uh, but they actually couldn't find one for Bo Allen's head. Uh, <laughs> so the quarterbacks don't wear any. So if you, if The people at Fan Day probably noticed there was none on the quarterbacks, and I think that's strictly because of Bo Allen.
2: Well, yeah, they would have run out of enough gear to make it. I mean, they
1: would have had to go through a whole, like, oh, man, he,
2: he, that is a big head. Um Another favorite part of camp that um, people on the outside probably wouldn't be privy to, well, they're definitely not privy to, but may not even know what happens, is a we always start camp with a good AD Mitch Bernhardt address. Um, one of my favorites of all time was he stood up in front of the group and talked about a rock, a rock climber um, that did it without any ropes and harnesses, um, basically just front of the cliff, amazing stuff. Alex Honnold, uh, a free solo. Yep. It was, there you it was go. a big movie, Max. I don't know if you, you must've missed it. Missed that one. Uh, not on Disney plus probably. Um, and he just unbelievable grip strength, like motiv- just an absolutely motivational video. And Mitch would chime in, in between maybe every five or 10 minutes, um, talk about the sacrifice this guy was making, take, taking the plunge, you know, putting himself at risk. But, he then finished it with, and he'll probably die soon but that's but that's not the point, which I thought was <laughs> hilarious and I've heard from inside the camp with the my sources that he may have also seem he may have some sort of i don't want to say perversion, but there's something about him that seems to enjoy that know real rigorous kind of pain that you know the rock climber because apparently he had a similar story about the tour de france this year
1: yeah he loves his extreme sports uh i don't know you might have missed the one about the guy who crossed the arctic or the Antarctic uh by himself uh he brought that one up he loves his extreme sports he loves the grit that it takes and he uses that as motivation he does
2: uh yeah i, I heard that he said that his favorite part about
1: the tour de france is when they all crash <laughs> true or not true no comment <laughs> <laughs> As a current student-athlete, I feel like I should stay out the of fifth the on fifth on this one. Yep. Fifth, yeah.
2: Miles, was there any parts of camp or any speeches or anything memorable that you, you really missed or thought was uh, was quite unique?
0: I think with Mitch Barnhart, he would always start it with – now, there was a lot of good content, obviously, with the stories. But he would always start the speech each year, and I got five of them, with, um, I'll keep this brief. And each speech was far from brief. <laughs> very, very far from brief. And then the go-to quote that we'd always come out with is, "What goes down in the well comes up in the bucket."
2: Yeah, that was a favorite, which is true. Which well, is true? Definitely true. Um, so, Luke let's let's talk uh, let's talk the offense. Let's talk some players. Let's talk some personnel for the next couple of minutes. Um, I guess start us off by talking about obviously the big in, the big in for the season, Coach Cohen, um, new offensive coordinator, um, new QBs coach. So let's talk. Give us a couple minutes about uh, Coach Cohen, what he's been like, the impact he's had so far on the team, um, and then uh, we'll probably get into a little bit of QB discussion after that, but just uh, start us off with a bit of Coach Cohen speak.
1: Yeah, Coach Cohen is a super intelligent guy, he's a super intense guy, and you walk into a room with him and you'll learn something new every day. He, he truly knows, her. he seems to know exactly what he's talking about. And he's a truly uh, intelligent guy and knows football, and he loves football. Um, obviously, brought along with him a uh, new QB
2: uh, with Will Levis, obviously recruiting Will Levis from Penn State. Miles, uh, you had some sort of insight into maybe Will coming across?
0: This was sources, not confirmed, but I think he just kind of saw the fun week we had in Orlando at the Citrus Bowl that year that we played Penn State. And I think post game, him and Coach Stoops had a little chat And then he's kind of been in the works ever since um, I think that's 100% false But that's the theory that I'm running with as to why he's here I don't want to take any credit away from Coach Cohen
2: How's uh, he been so far, Luke? How's he fitting in with the group? Um, obviously it looks like he's throwing the ball pretty well Which probably is never really going to be the issue We're going to see if he, if he becomes a starter and plays in games How he can actually go Obviously the arm strength's there for everyone to see But how's he going so far? Yeah, Will's been
1: going great uh, that QB room is, is stacked. It truly is. I mean, those, those top three QBs, the uh, Bo, Joey, and Will are truly great QBs. They're, they're athletic as all get out and they know what they're doing. So I'm really excited to see how it goes moving forward.
2: Um, he's definitely different probably than what we've had in the past at QB in terms of demeanor. Um, loves the TikTok, um, loves his social media use. Probably, I mean Terry was very reserved. Um they all had their quality. Terry was reserved. Um, you know, kind of uh Bo's quite reserved. Joey's definitely reserved. Um not that they're not loud when they get on the field, but definitely different. How's uh how's all that fitting in? Well, I don't have TikTok. I'm too old for that. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh Miles, what about uh your thoughts on, on the Q B battle and uh who's gonna who's gonna take it out? Hmm. Well, see, I was
0: going to ask Luke on this too, kind of his insight with that as well. I think it, it's kind of the the elephant in the room sometimes. Of they bring in Will, Joey was here, but I would say when they recruited Will, they didn't tell him he was going to ride the bench. I would say they told him he has a good chance to play. And I think Joey coming from Auburn probably got the same speech of "We'll give you every opportunity that we can to play." Is there any? Do you think there's any awkward in obviously Bo as well? Is there any awkward? This guy's here for my job, or is it just are they just competing against each other and their friends off the field?
1: I think they're friends off the field. They're both uh, extremely competitive, and they both understand the job, right? And you can watch them cheer each other on when they're not out there throwing the ball. And they're just both great people, and and I think they they understand what the deal is. And, you know, we're talking about Joey and Will here, but I don't want to discount Bo Allen. Right. Right. Uh, The Lexington star, uh, he's very much, you know, competing with both of them. Uh, I'm going to – I'm gonna make a, a small prediction.
2: If there was odds right now, Will would be I the think favorite. the favourite. Because, I would because think they so. brought him in. I would say so. Um, obviously Coach Cohen's brought him in along with him. He seems to have the arm talent. I think he's probably got the upper hand. But I'd like to see the odds for Joey because again, sources. Uh, during the spring not one pick thrown. From Joey Gatewood Not one From 450 passes or something That's impressive Uh, Actual true stat So that's I mean he hasn't put a foot wrong Clearly in the spring Um, Obviously it's going to A lot's going to come down To how he can do in the fall But gave himself Every opportunity in the spring Um, You can't discount the fact That he was What four star recruit Heavily recruited at Auburn um, and then we've managed to bring him across. He, he, I mean, he's clearly got some talent, so clearly I, don't talent. Think he, I don't think he can discount that. Luke, how, did, how was he in the spring, and how's he been going so far in the fall?
1: Yeah, Joe's been great in the spring. He's uh, taking command of the offense. He really is, and he's been going well in the fall too, so it's it's truly anyone's, uh, anyone's job. Is there any – you might not have one for us, but is there any kind of quirky
2: things that any of them do in the huddle or they have that makes you guys laugh because – we had a former quarterback. Uh, He played a couple games, Sawyer Smith, had a lisp. Struggled sometimes delivering the message to you guys which would put you in fits of laughter. Um, Not that we want to make fun of speech impediments on the show, but it was hilarious sometimes some of the stuff that he would come up with. Is there any kind of little quirky things about the quarterbacks that
1: you guys have fun with? I regret to inform you, Max, that they all sound very confident and very competent. What a shame. That's, that's very unfortunate.
0: Do you think there's anything with the three of them? Because cause it seems like all three are talented guys, but they kind of offer different skill sets. I don't know if Stoops and Cohen are going to want this, um, but I know some of the fans will push for it. Do you think there's any way you would use multiple guys just, and maybe they offer, I know Joey's kind of a bigger body, maybe the goal line you put something in almost as like a wildcat for him, Bo, maybe some deeper throws, something like that.
1: Yeah, well, uh, Will at Penn State was actually that guy who went in on third down, right? Mm -hmm. Third down and and goal line. So uh, I think it's definitely a possibility. I I wish I could tell you guys exactly what was going to happen, but I'm about about as in the dark as the rest of us.
2: Well, that's a shame seeing as you're about to play for the team. So (laughs) I I, I hope at some stage they tell you who's going to be the quarterback. Um, The other coach... Well, there was a few others, but the other big coach that we brought in, particularly for yourself, obviously, um, new O-line coordinator, O-line coach, um, Coach Wilford. Uh, obviously, passing of Coach Sliman was disappointing for everyone, um, sad to see him go, it was great for the program. Has um, definitely built that big blue wall up into what it is today. How's coach Wilford gone in kind of taking the reins. It must be a, a difficult job, I guess for him, um, trying to, you know, go on the footsteps of coach Simon, but I'm sure he's brought some unique things to you guys and the room, um, that maybe you didn't have under coach Simon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's a great coach. He's a very intense coach. Uh, he brings an intensity like no other, uh, he's taught us a ton of stuff. And like you said, coach Simon is a great coach and coach Wilford just has a different perspective. So that's how it goes with coaches. Right. Uh, 10 different coaches and 10 different ways to, to do different things. So we've really appreciated him coming in and, and we've learned a lot of different uh, techniques and things that we can do to better ourselves.
0: I think that's one of those things too. I was talking with Max before we started, it seemed like when, cause he was at South Carolina before and last year they had some injuries but still kind of found a way to run and have some success. I'm sure he was involved in that. Is it one of those where, even though he's the coach and probably should have more knowledge than you as the player, you kind of teach him, here's some things that we've done before, let's mesh it with what you've been doing and then kind of do a hybrid or is it more, this is just kind of what
1: I want y'all to do? Yeah, it's absolutely been, been a mutual uh, learning experience. You know, he come, You know, he has his terminology and yep. his way of doing things and he kind of asked us the way we've done it. and. We tell them and we kind of work through it as an offensive line and, and talk through what will what'll, uh, what'll work best for us. Uh, just going on with that as well, Luke, quickly, what are,
2: what are we going to see um, from the offense this year? Now, obviously, there's been a lot of discussion about how different the offense is going to be. Um, without going into the X and O's too much, give us a brief perspective on what, what different kind of things we're going to see on the field. Um,
1: what, what changes are we going to see that
2: are going to be most notable?
1: Yeah, I think you're just going to see more explosives. I mean, you got the new transfer in, Wandale Robinson, an mm-hmm. uh, incredibly explosive guy. Josh Ellie is poised to have uh, an incredible season. You've got a lot of wide receivers who you know are looking for playing time. Uh, Brendan Bates, Justin Rigg at that tight end spot. I mean, they're going to be down the field, uh, vertical routes, and we've got some quarterbacks who can really chuck it. So, And just finishing on the O-line too,
2: um, obviously transferring from LSU, Dare, um, and then potentially a few new starters, um, with the loss of Landon last year, obviously and Drake and Drake, um, who are the new starters? How's dare going? Um, what are we going to see this year from the line?
1: Yeah. So rolling into camp here, we had, uh, across the board, we had Darian Kennard, Kenneth Horsey, myself, uh, Eli Cox and Jeremy Flax. And those are five, uh, well, <laughs> four, I-, I won't say it about myself, but four really good offensive linemen. And Dare came in and Dare has, I mean, he's really meshed with the group well. He's fit in, he's, he's a great kid. Uh, he's working well with us. And it's gonna be cool to see uh, how he fits in.
2: Let's hype some people up stupidly, um, just to really set the expectations high. Uh, Coach O said he's a first round draft pick. Um, we've also got another first round draft pick. So we got two first round draft pick tackles. Um, any truth? Like, how
1: good is he? How good can he be? He could be really good. I mean, he, he moves incredibly well. He's a smart, smart guy. I mean, he's picked stuff up really quickly, uh, and he's just a good kid. I mean, uh, you know, to me, obviously, that's not what the scouts right, necessarily look for all the time. But he's smart, he's a good kid, and he's a heck of an athlete.
0: One thing I've always wondered with the O-line, because I know you obviously need depth, and there's usually probably seven or eight guys that rotate. What's the challenge, or how do you kind of deal with – there's some chemistry when these five are in there, but we've also got to deal with, we don't want anybody getting hurt. We need to rotate and all that. How do you kind of balance putting maybe the best five that work the best together, but
1: also subbing guys in and out when they're tired? Yeah, good question. And that just takes reps and practice. Uh, it's, it's easy to pretend that, you know, those five guys are going to be able to play the whole time, the whole season. Cause inevitably something's going to happen, right? Knock on wood. Uh, But getting those reps in practice, and Coach Wolford knows that, Coach Cohen knows that, that we constantly need to be getting, you know, the guys who aren't necessarily the day one starters in there with some of the guys who are the day one starters because that chemistry is hard to recreate without practice.
2: Just quickly, uh, interesting situation in the New York Giants uh, recently. Uh, A little bit of a fight broke out, and Coach decided to send them on laps. Of the oval? I'd say a little bit
0: of a fight would be an understatement. Yeah. I think
2: it was Daniel Jones was at the bottom of the pile. Yeah, there's a few chairs. It turned into a WWE match, yeah. I think. Um, Cash Daniel was not involved. <laughs> uh, but t- two players the next day retired um, and decided that that's not for them. Uh, how would that go down if, if the O-line was to run the lap? But second part, and probably the most important part of that question, who's, who's losing? Who's coming last in that lap? Who's
1: last in a rat lap around the uh, the, the practice field. fields? Yeah, Ooh. because it'd be it'd be electric pace.
0: <laughs> I'd say it would depend on like what food was getting
1: catered that day as well.
2: At the well, exactly what's at the end of the what's yeah. at the end for him?
1: Yeah. yeah, are we being rewarded with food? Correct. If,
2: if yeah, except for the person who's last.
1: Well, Drake has moved on to the NFL, so <laughs> yeah. that would be my easy, obvious uh, pick. Drake would come back just if the food was on offer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> um, true okay uh, we'll move on a little bit we kind of covered the running backs uh, in somewhat with Chris so we had a fair discussion about Chris so we just maybe cover a couple of the others obviously Smoke Juton uh, McLean um, Tisdale uh, I'm not sure if there's many others coming through you'd have to fill us up on that loop but it's one interesting thing to start and uh, you can confirm or deny uh, Coach Settles New running backs coach, um, rumored that he wears his slippers around the training facility and upstairs pretty much 24-7 unless you have to go out to
1: practice. Just in a real casual laid back style. True or not true? I actually don't know the answer to that question. And I know you think I'm like copping out on that answer, but I truly don't know the answer to that question. Out.
0: <laughs> and what, what kind of slippers? Are we talking like glass Cinderella? Or are we thinking like <laughs> Ugg, like Tom Brady? What slippers do you mean?
2: i've been informed that they're just the real like 80 year old in front of the fire put the feet up type slippers plaid yeah yeah
1: allegedly you know if if i were to know the answer to that um
2: miles obviously you were around uh probably in smoke's first year uh what are your expectations for him this year
0: i think it could be a batman and robin type thing with c-rod a little thunder and lightning um I think he's probably not going to get quite the attention that C-Rod's going to get from, I mean, the fans, the opposing defense. I don't think they quite respect him the way they should. Uh, but I think if him and C-Rod this year can kind of go one to it and not be instead of a 1-1-2, one and one, two, it's 1-1-A, one and one a, that can really help give some balance to the offense. And I think you could see
2: him almost get close to splitting carries and just put on a phenomenal year. You think it could be almost like one of those things where in horse racing they have to wear the 1-1-A? One and one a. They both just have to – it could be – Chris in the one, and then Smoke. Where's the one? A. Eh? I
0: would bet on those two.
2: Which both the, were together. Smoking the zero this year too. That mm, could be that's, a key change. Yep. I, I, agree. I love the zero. I love that the zero zero's being brought out in college. Was there a reasoning given for that, or did he? Is it just what he wanted? Uh, he, some guys will claim it's your IQ score. Um, I'm not going to say that, uh, but I'm not too sure what it's going to be. Smoke. Smoke loves the zero. Smoke's one of the funniest guys in the, gr- in the group. And uh, I think he's just – he's going for a bit of a change. What was he before, 20? I think he was 20. So he's getting uh, rid I'm of that. I think numbers, it's going to make him go know. faster. Less yeah. numbers on the back is definitely going to make him go it's, faster. It
0: has to. Yeah. And, you, yeah, I think him and C-Rod both, they, they both got some, like, contagious personalities as well. They both got, like, some excitement about them. I think they want each other to succeed. It's not a rivalry. It's a, well, it's, let's work together to make the team the best we can. Those are two guys that I always like talking to in the locker room.
2: Luke, the other guys, can you fill us in? Give us a little bit of how they're going. First of all, I
1: think Smoke asked Twitter, uh, and Twitter responded with the number zero. So, okay. Keep that in mind. There we go. Uh, yeah, that running back room is stacked with talent. I mean, you know, not only the veterans, but the new guys that got brought in, uh, they're all extremely hardworking. They all have picked up the offense, and they're all very, very fast. Faster than you? <laughs> a bit.
2: Is it in... This might be a silly question of someone that's never played the O-line. Is it actually... T- when they do those ones where you have to get down the field and block, and there's someone as fast as like Chris or Smoke or AJ... Screens. Yep. Yeah. How, uh, how, like... How nervous are you that
1: they're just going to blow past you before you even get out there? Uh, to be fair, I, I'm really... That's not what I'm nervous about. I'm nervous about I get there first, and then whiff... <laughs> And the tackle's made for a loss. That's the nerve-wracking part. If they blow past me, I'm just... Oh, it is what shoot, it is. you know, I missed it. Um, the tight
2: ends and wide receivers, obviously, we've discussed Keaton earlier in the show. Um, Renan Bates and uh, Justin Reed we're going to see a lot of. Um, probably a, a, still a fair bit of 12 personnel. I think we probably would have had more 12 personnel if if Keaton was around. Um, maybe a little bit less now. Um How are they going, and how how is uh, someone like uh, Dingle fitting in? Uh, He obviously came in. Um, I've heard really good things about him. Uh, Chances that he plays early or
1: at all? Uh, I'm not sure on the Dingle prospect. Uh, He is a hardworking kid, and he has been getting plenty of reps in practice. Uh, In terms of the tight ends, Justin and Brendan are two very talented guys and I expect to see them get the ball quite a bit this year. Uh, and then Isaiah Cummings moved over to tight end as you guys may have seen. And he is, was an incredible wide receiver and he's going to be an incredible tight end.
0: Do you think that move was, I mean, it would make sense to me kind of to fill the Keaton
1: role a little bit of the more the receiving guy on the tight end spot. Yeah, I think it was a, it was a easy move for them. And I think Isaiah wanted it just as much. And I, I, Already told Coach Marrow that if he ever needs someone to move positions again to tight end, that he knows who to talk to. Are you, Matt Ruffalo.
0: I was wondering, are you coming for a seventh year? Is that what you're auditioning for? Maybe a little transition.
1: If that was, if that was in the uh, the offer, then then maybe we could talk about it.
0: I was wondering because I was trying to think of all the games and all the experiences you've had when you were here. Was Joker Phillips the coach
1: when you first got here, or was it Rich Brooks at the time? <laughs> Uh, it was actually – I was a – I joked today that I was a senior when Bud Dupree was a freshman, so. I actually was, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: wide receivers, obviously the big one coming in. Uh, Wondell, um that's I, – I don't think we can underestimate how big that's going to be for the team. Um, coming home, saw the saw the England soccer – 4A with it's coming home it's coming home it's coming home he wanted to be a part of it he's come home it's big for us he could be our Lynn Bowden he could be better than Lynn Bowden Um, that's a big statement it is it is but could he be Miles
0: from the film I've seen from him in Nebraska I mean he's electric every time he touched the ball I think he reminds me, and now you know, Coach Cohen can use him how he wants. He reminds me a little bit of Lynn, obviously, but also Kadarius Tony from Florida last year. Kind of a gadget, put him in the backfield, throw it to him, throw him screens, just get him the ball somehow,
2: and let him kind of do the rest. Uh, I think he's going to be used a lot of different ways this year. You just need to bring up Kadarius Tony just to rub rub salt in the wound. Is that do you just want me to get, bring the nightmares back of him returning it to the house on me, or I wouldn't have kicked it to him. <laughs> Um me neither. Look <laughs> look obviously Wondell and Josh are going to be our 1 and 2. Um who who's looking in, who's looking good for that wide receiver 3 spot?
1: Yeah, that wide receiver 3 spot is is looking uh pretty open and not because there's a lack of talent, but because there's so much talent. Uh Isaiah Epps is a guy who's really stepping up and and taking some reps uh and then there's a lot of freshmen there. Uh you got guys like DeMarcus He's around Demarcus Harris and lots of young guys who are trying to show that they deserve to, you know, get a chance out there.
2: Moving on to the D side of the field. um, Definitely the the less fun side of the field for sure. Um, But that's actually questionable with Michael McCall on our team because I love the big fella. And he's dropped a bit of weight and he's gotten a lot fitter for, we've heard from Coach White which is going to be huge um, how's he going Luke and who's the big improvers on the D-line because we've obviously got Josh and include the outside linebackers in this um, who are we going to see some see more of this year because I think uh, obviously with Q moving on to bigger and better things um, that's probably one position group where um, we may fall back a little bit and hopefully we don't we don't want to
1: regress so who, who's stepping up in that position? Yeah, so the D line is uh filled with veterans. Uh Marquan McCall obviously is uh pretty impressive and he has been uh quite the uh quite the bear inside there. And uh Josh Pascal right next to him. you get a Josh Pascal, Marquan McCall uh combo and, and it's it's hard to it's hard to beat. Uh in terms of outside linebackers, Jordan Wright is his usual self always smiling always making plays on the defense and you know we're looking for jj to have a uh, have a return here that'll be uh one for the ages really jj's the one really isn't he um i think i think he
2: his ability to get to the quarterback i mean he showed so much last year before he unfortunately went down um with his knee injury um he's the big one for me if he can if he can get good and he he looks good i've been around the facility a little bit um he's obviously back running and twisting and turning all those kind of things um he he's he's really the one um for us isn't he miles
0: i would say so question when you went back to facility was that recently was that to do like the ribbon cutting for your sign that's been added (laughs) or what was what was the occasion for you to go back because last time i was there it looked like a taj mahal size sign that they had added of you in the facility i
2: was going to say there'd have to be a few pairs of scissors because there's about four or five of me around um You don't have to go too far to find a picture of me, which is fair enough because you got to honor your greats.
0: All jokes aside, I think you bring up a great point. With that room and Quentin being gone is going to be a big loss. But for Luke, I was going to say, I mean, you go up against Marquand every day, right? Me being dumb, I would think with that position, just something big that you can't move is what you want. Why is – like what about him dropping weight makes it harder for you? I mean, obviously
1: he's probably quicker, a
0: bit more athletic that way, but – specifically what makes it harder when he gets
1: you know dropped weight i'd say the number one thing about him you know being fitter this year or more fit is the ability to be out there consistently for an extended period of time and in the past you know blocking marquan on the first play was a heck of a lot harder than blocking him on the you know the fifth or sixth but i imagine with with the way he's been uh working at his body and he truly has been working it's going to be pretty hard to block him on that sixth play just as it was on that first play
2: yeah, I mean, I just couldn't imagine having to stand in front of him to be honest, and have to think I'm about to block this guy because I think he would run straight over me and you, Miles. Um, He'd pancake us. Yeah, we'd we'd be in some trouble.
0: You think the two of us together would have any chance? I think no, but I'd give us.
2: Uh, I think they they outlawed cutting. <laughs> So uh, I don't think we can just dive at his legs. We'd and have to we go for the him. legs and hope for We'd the need some mental tactics, I think. We'd really need to get inside his head. And I'm not sure how we would, but we'd need to get inside his head somehow. But in all seriousness, it, I, I think his growth as a individual and person, and correct me if I'm wrong, Luke, but I'm pretty sure you're going to agree, shows how how good our football team is and how development system and our coaches and all of our staff. Because I think it's fair to say when he came in, he had a few issues. Um not not discipline wise, but just more so of like you know the guy could the guy and he would admit this himself like he could barely run from one side of the field to the other sometimes he came in as a big boy now he's just he's trimmed down he's worked at it every single day and now he's one of our most important players I think if you had a said two years ago hey Marklon's going to be one of our most important players I think some people would have laughed
1: yeah and I think it goes to show how dedicated he is and how much he truly cares about a this football team and b his his personal you know career that going forward. Uh the way he's changed his body and worked his butt off to uh, be at the point he's at now is, is impressive and it shows how dedicated he is.
2: Our linebackers and, and DBs. Um obviously D square is gonna kind of rock that linebacker position again. Uh the, the tweet king loves a loves a tweet. Um and then we've we've brought in obviously the Ole miss transfer, um, and then we've got who we got we got d rob all the usuals are back in the in the uh, the DB line uh, obviously lost, room. lost our coach mm-hmm. uh, coach clink unfortunately um, but um, how are they looking so far
1: yeah so we'll start with the linebackers so like you said d square has been you know holding that room down uh, he's matured so much as a leader and, and as a player uh, and then you've got the transfer Jacques Jones you also have uh Casey. Uh, Jared Casey has been looking really good in that other linebacker position. So I think Jacquez, he's learning the defense, and he's hes getting used to moving around back there. And I think Jared Casey has actually stepped his game up quite a bit as well. So I think it will be an exciting thing to watch. Uh, Luke Fulton from Michigan State, you know, he's also been around. And so uh, we're pretty set at the, at the linebacker position. I'm excited to see how they do. When you talk DBs, I mean, the thing with the defensive backs is – They've always been solid for us, right? When Stoops got, always finds a way. Coach Stoops always thing. finds a way. True. yeah, <laughs> Very true. I mean, he, he could take anyone and make them a good DB, I'm convinced. Even me? No. I lied. <laughs> That's a lie. Not true. <laughs> uh, but Yusuf Corker back there uh, holds it down. You've got said. You've got D-Rob. I mean, you just have an incredibly veteran uh, defensive back core back there, and, and I expect big things from them. Stoops is one of those coaches where we could put the specialists
2: out of DB and I reckon we could still keep him under 45. (laughs) Now, I'd have to play a huge part in that. I'd have to make a return and play a huge part in that, but it's a possibility. He's he's that good of a coach. I agree,
0: especially if you had like Josh Allen and Jamin on the front helping us and us on the back end and just hope that they get there before they throw
2: anything because they're (laughs) going to be open. Uh, Speaking of specialists... um, I guess, obviously, I've left um, and we've got a new holder and Chance Poor. Um, we've actually got some pretty tough competition this year, I think, at Long Snapper, which is probably not something that's going to make national news and probably not something that a lot of people are going to have a talk about. But it is interesting that we're going to have a competition at Long Snapper. I think, Kate did really well, but he's made some crucial mistakes at times. Um, but I think, you know, he's learned from that. He's, he was, he was great in the bowl game um, and he's been great for us 99% of the time. But um, just due to the simple fact that we have made a few mistakes over time, I think there's going to be a competition. I think it's credit to clay too, for working really hard, um, being able to push for that spot. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, overall thoughts on the specialist this year, Miles. Agreed with you being gone. That's obviously
0: a big loss. I mean I know we joke about it, but you don't get a Ray guy award winner coming through very often. And I think that, after a while, like as much as the fans liked it, it did kind of get taken for granted that, hey, we're probably going to be top five in the country in punting, and that's a weapon that we have every game. So looking to see how the punting position is going to go this year will be a big, uh, big shoes to fill, I think, certainly. I know Stoops is kind of how they've played before. In any close game, he kind of relied on that and said, let's run the ball, let's run the clock, let's play a good D, and we know that the punting is going to be fine. Um Hopefully it's consistent again this year as it's been the past few. Um, but if it's not, or if it's a step down, then he may have to kind of adjust that. I think the snapping competition is going to be interesting to see. As you said, I think Cade's worked hard and he's learned a lot of lessons. Um, and then place kicking, I think Ruffalo's really primed for a breakout year. If you, I mean, we talked about it earlier, but he's sneaky, he had a really good statistical year last year and made some big long kicks. Um, and he's definitely kind of got his personality underneath him now, I think. It's kind of one of those, until you play, it's hard to have a big uh, – ego is not the right word, but he's definitely got – He's confident. He's, yeah, he's confident in what he's doing. Once you kind of have a swagger about yourself,
2: all of a sudden if you combine that with hard work, I think he's going to have a huge year in place kicking. How many kicks did Ruffalo miss last year? Three. Well, so he was 12 from 14 in field goals, and he missed one extra point.
1: Yeah, so that stat flashed at Fan Day, and someone looked at me and said, he only missed three kicks. And I was like, yeah, it's crazy because it we remember the bad ones, right? 100%. Everyone remembers the bad ones. But yeah. truly, he, he, I think he's going to have it figured out. Uh, and the other thing about the specialist is there's been a lot less ping pong. So <laughs> I, I don't know what you could say about that, Max and Miles, but a uh, lot less ping pong going uh, on. So maybe I, that means they're turning the corner. I, I don't know.
0: Ping-pong uh, was much more popular when I was there. I got invited to come to the Olympic Games in the summer, <laughs> but I was busy with work. But, yeah, me and Max and then Matt Patton, who used to punt, there used to be some um, Fed versus
2: Nadal-level matches in that ping-pong room. Before we move on, just quickly with the specialists, I think it's prudent that we mention Zach Johnson, too. Um, obviously, plays a huge part in all, all four of the special teams. Um, has been a big part of our football program for a long time and we were lucky that he decided to stay on and and have another year I think it's huge and and obviously like it's just such an easy thing to say it's such a cliche thing to say but special teams does get overlooked and Zach's importance on that gets overlooked I think as well Um, I know for me as a punter just having that guy that you can rely on that you know knows what's going on and he is the most important as the gunner on punt Um, he's the most important guy he's making all the plays for us and he's been huge and obviously like you know his personality to dedicate himself to special teams and basically be told that's all you're playing um, can pro- can be hard for some guys, but he takes it and he runs with it and he's done a, a hell of a job for us. Um, he's been one of our most important players. I don't think you can discount how good he's been. No, and you need guys like that. I think a lot of guys say it's a kickoff
0: or a punt. They think it's going through the back of the end zone. They're just going to fair catch the punt. I can just kind of do a quick block and jog down the field. But when you've got guys say don't fair catch it, all of a sudden if you put in an
2: extra effort, it could turn to a huge game changing play. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And Luke, I know, I know you love the specialists. Um, you, you guys definitely get around us a lot, so uh, we always appreciate that.
1: Correct. True. Not true. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, so let's move on from the team. Obviously, we've we've recapped most of the positions uh, and, and it's exciting. It's exciting to see how those guys will go and and how, how our predictions will kind of play out throughout the season. I think, obviously, with anything, um, you know, being able to avoid injury is going to be huge for us. Um, you know, we've got really good depth and I think that's going to help and it always does and you're always going to get injuries. But I think just being able to put our best team out there time after time is huge. I think when we had our Citrus Bowl year, we, we had a pretty decent run with injury and I think we ran into Georgia at the wrong time that year. We had about three guys out there with clubs on their hands, um, which, you know, when you're coming up against the best team then and we were playing for the East, that, that's such a big thing. So for us to be healthy at the right time is is going to be crucial. Um Some key games for the season. Miles, would you like to start us off?
0: So I think there's – I mean, the big three, it looks like, right there. you got Florida, LSU, and Georgia. I I think that's the right order of them. I mean, those are probably the best three teams on the schedule. I think whether it's a good or great year kind of probably hinges on those three. Um, But I think that's the ones that everyone would obviously circle. The one that I circled would be Missouri. One, Grant McKinnis, former – punter and kicker. Our friend plays there, so it's kind of fun to root for him. But, two, I think Missouri's sneaky good. Um, The new coach, I think, is doing a really good job there for them. Good quarterback. Good quarterback play, which can carry you in a lot of games. Um, And Stoops kind of prides himself on we win the line of scrimmage, we kind of do the dirty work and beat people up. And Missouri kind of beat UK up last year, it seemed like, when they played. That's one that I think most fans would look at the schedule and kind of check off as a we should win, even though I think it'll be a really competitive game.
2: So, one thing that's hugely in our favor this year is it's always tough to go play at Missouri because of the Golden Girls. To playing them at home rules out that. Therefore, 65% of your teams actually focus on what's happening on the field, which is huge. And then you can't discount how much better we are against Missouri at home than away.
0: It's a game changer. So for those that aren't familiar, when you go to Missouri, they've got, I don't know if they're not quite cheerleaders, but they're like it's probably the dance cheerleader yeah. dance Types that are in good outfits, yeah, and they just happen to always place them right behind the opposing bench. Yeah. I think sometimes they even get on the bench with you. It's <laughs> it's really strange, but it is sometimes hard for the coaches to be like, "Hey, guys, we need to do this play next." When right behind, and there may be other things that they focusing on. I think whoever AD, whoever's in charge of that at Missouri, um, great tactic one, Fantastic. but obviously leads to when they go on the road, they don't quite have that same advantage at other stadiums. So.
2: And hello to our good friend, Grant McInnes. It will be interesting to see him come back to a a stadium where he is probably, even though he played for us, booed off more time than any opposing player in the history of Kentucky football. So we welcome Grant back with open arms, and I hope that booing continues, to be honest, and
1: uh, I hope we can get it done there. Two things about Missouri. One, do you think it's odd that only the specialists have known us? These golden girls. Uh, do, you no. think maybe, do you think maybe you guys just aren't, you know, paying attention to the to the football game? Luke, you're a good soul. We know you're <laughs> yeah.
0: a good soul. Yeah. We know you pay attention to it, but we well, know you got a few sneak peeks. Luke, yeah,
1: Luke's Luke's got a
2: girlfriend, uh, so he ha- he has to play next To say that, I'm True. sure True. she'll be listening to this. Yeah, yeah, she'll be she'll be happy with that answer.
1: Uh, number two, I wonder how many fans will know that Grant McKinnis is out there
2: or that he played here. <laughs> no, uh, True. Uh, yeah. If if you yeah. are. If you are listening to this and you did know that Grant existed, please write in and leave a comment for Grant. Um, we could go through, like, all the usual stuff that every podcast would. You know, Florida losing kind of guys like Trask and Pitts and Tony. Um, obviously, Georgia um, really picking up their quarterback play at the back end of last year. LSU losing their starting. We can go through all of that. I think it's it's a little bit pointless to just say the obvious stuff. Um, what I'd like to do for the next couple of minutes is just talk about maybe some unique things um, that people that would be listening to the pod would be interested in that maybe you don't you don't get a first-hand um, grasp of until you're actually on the team. So, for example, you've got a Southern Miss story for us.
0: So, Southern Miss, forget what year we went, but we were at a hotel, and we were doing like a stretch that we normally do the day of the game before we leave. And we would do it in the parking lot because there wasn't room in the hotel there. And there was a building next to the hotel that when we went inside was no longer an establishment, but it looked kind of like a shady building that maybe late at night people would go to. And there may or may not have been poles inside the building. Um, not sure what coach Stoops was looking at when he booked that hotel. Maybe he was thinking it was still open, but the establishment was no longer in business. But of all the places that we stretched, that was definitely the most creative as some of the guys kind of said, we wonder
2: the memories that were in there. you know? And uh, and uh, Luke, I know a big thing of the well the home games too, but the away games was the uh, the cookie ratings. You want to talk us through those?
1: Yeah, the cookie ratings uh, are pretty much what the games the next day hinge on. Right, no doubt. Uh, so as when we go visit opposing stadiums, one of the things that we request are chocolate chip cookies for after dinner Friday night. And a lot of places take this for granted and get your usual chocolate chip cookies, but but some go the extra mile, right, and and truly put their their heart into these chocolate chip cookies. And I hate to say that Louisville has some of the best you chocolate can't, chip cookies. You can't say that. I know I that. can't say it. I know I can't, but, but I can't. I'm i going to have to. They they have extremely good chocolate chip cookies. I'm guessing they bring them from UK's campus, and they must. They must. Yeah, they must. Right. Fly them in. Right. Right.
0: Is it one of those, because I'm sure in the O-line room, like the day of the game, that's the main conversation from the night before. I've seen the whole college football playoff committee when they're doing each week, like the people in the room, it looks like they're trying to, you know, cure cancer. Is it a similar level discussion between the O-line and like intensity of, is there some pushback of this was better than Tennessee? No, it wasn't. Or is it? Is it kind of a quick consensus decision? I've
2: seen them throw hands yeah. over the cookie ratings.
1: Absolutely, and there's a huge debate on whether or not you should do it with or without milk. That's like the number one controversy. So, Where do you if, fall on that? You have to have milk. Okay, for it's sure. non-negotiable for Non-negotiable. You? Fair. So if you come across an offensive lineman and mention the milk versus non-milk uh, question, just be prepared to, to run.
0: Okay, it's kind of like LeBron
2: Jordan with without <laughs> milk.
0: It's like a real debate, I see. True. Okay.
2: Okay. Um, I think one thing as well, like, some people don't realize when you go on the road how bad it is when you lose for obvious reasons, but more so because genuinely we get greeted with cold showers. Somehow the hot water's broken down in their system, and we all, we've come off a cold field and we, we get greeted with cold showers. I remember Florida when we beat them in Florida was a cold shower day and they definitely turned the hot water off on us because we beat them but like that is an interesting part to me of playing an away game and just getting greeted with cold showers
1: right and that's that's the home stadium advantage right playing away just has so many those little things that build up over time those cold showers those small lockers you know you're you're just squeezed right in between you know marquan and Hugh <laughs> Bohanna, I mean, it's just, it's just a, tough, a tough go at it. And that's what makes the difference when it's third and long and you got to convert, you know? You just remember those showers you're going to have to get to, and, to the, after the game.
2: And Vandy would actually put on similar, like, they they turn the hot water off, but they'd have to turn it off every week because they, they don't win too much at home. So um, they, they've actually gone against that tactic now.
0: It's one of those things that the fans at home, just because it's not something they probably experience, they think 100,000 yelling fans, that's going to get in their head. Or it's, you know, maybe the refs are a little bit favored towards the home team sometimes, who knows. But that's really not what you're saying, right? It's the cookies, it's the showers. That's the stuff that gives you the edge that people
2: don't realize. I love playing away. I just thought it was so fun. Um, Before we move on, Luke, give us a – actually, we'll go around the table. We're sitting at a table for those of you who are listening. Um, Give us your favorite away game experience
1: um, or stadium that you play at and why. So, South Carolina, my redshirt freshman year. So, it's one of my first away games. And we go down 14-0. I can't remember which came first, but we threw a pick six. And they scored on their first offensive play. So, it's 14-0. And, I mean, they're playing Sandstorm and they're just jumping as high as they can, and it was truly electric. And then we came back and beat them, and it was probably, to this day, the best experience in the Waste Stadium I've ever had.
0: I would say best stadium I've been to was Texas A&M's. I wouldn't say it was the best experience, but the best stadium, the best experience would probably either be, I would have to say, beating Florida in the Swamp to break the streak. In fact, that was like a giant weight lifted off stoops and just the fan base's shoulders that year and then also that year when we beat missouri on the last second i think it was a two-point play to cj because you got a close win and you got the golden girls
2: all in one trip we did really well to be able to get through that and come out with the win um diversity. Me, <laughs> yeah for me i was really disappointed that i didn't get to play at alabama last year uh, missing out with covid i would have loved to play there and just experience that um I think I would agree with you, Miles, Texas A&M was an um, unbelievable place to play at. Uh, I know we obviously ran into them when they'd only lost to Alabama and Clemson. We were 5-0, and o, I think, as well, and uh, we were rolling. So that was, that was a really good game to be a part of. Um, and then I would say, uh, I, I would probably say South Carolina too, Luke. I, I really enjoy that. I think... Um, it's a really unique stadium it's always in great condition uh, whenever I've played there um, and it's been awesome I think one thing though as well that I'll, I will give a little shout out to BBN is is even when we play away games we do travel really well really well really really well um, and it's actually you can't underestimate how much of an important thing for us players that is to at least hear a little bit of noise when we're doing good things in stadiums I know Obviously, Vandy, when they get touched down at home, they hear nothing. So for us to be able to go to away games and hear some noise is, is unbelievable and, and a big part of our success when we go away.
0: No doubt. No doubt. I mean, even A&M, Florida, I mean, that's for most fans that are, say, Kentucky-ish area, that's if you fly or drive, I and mean, that's a an expensive, long weekend trip to see that many
2: people make the effort and go see us play at those places is unbelievable. So that brings us um, to the end of – Our our tenure with Luke, unfortunately, he's leaving us for now. We've got one more segment left, but we've had enough of him, to be honest, and it's time he left. So, Luke, thank you for coming on. Uh, Good luck for the season.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It was truly an honor, as always, and uh, go Cats. We're looking forward to seeing you. Right! Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of
2: jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
0: Always a pleasure having Luke on, talking with him, I think, isn't it?
2: It always makes me feel good because he wore his hat during the interview, but I just know underneath that hat there's not a whole lot of hair which is so good for me because it just makes me feel makes so much feel better. better I'm yourself? older than him, and he's got about three strands left.
0: It's not common that a player this recently out can go, I'm older than Luke Fortner. How does that make you feel?
2: Very good. Very good, huh? Very no. good.
0: But now, good chatting with Luke. He always gives us good insights, some X and O's, stuff that obviously not we're familiar with. So.
2: And it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he goes taking over from Drake. Obviously, Drake is, a, uh, is really a... Is going to be known for a long time as almost Kentucky's greatest ever centre, I would say. I would argue that uh, with the wins that we've had with him, always starting at centre. So it's big shoes to fill for Luke. Um, but he, I'm sure he'll do well. He, he's a, he's just as intelligent football-wise and definitely more intelligent off the field than what Drake was. So, uh, I think for those of you that... Wouldn't know this. Kentucky football puts it out a little bit, but Luke's got his masters in—I want to say—electrical engineering. I know he's going to pull me da- pull me up for that if that's wrong. And he's starting his masters in business administration. MBA. Yeah, MBA. MBA.
0: I think it's good to have. I mean, obviously, your quarterback's kind of your leader of your offense, but it well, all kind of runs through Luke. Too busy. Eating Luke. Bananas. Man, too easy. Yeah. But running the offense through Luke, it seems like you know Drake's making a lot of calls and stuff himself and so last year so having luke someone smart experienced been in maybe not this system but's played a lot of football here having someone like that running it seems like the right choice i think
2: college football has made some huge huge moves in the last 6 months even probably less than 6 months texas texas and oklahoma announcing they're coming over to the sec Um, I know the ACC, there's talk of the ACC, Big 12, Pac-12, I believe, uh, sorry, Big 10, Pac-12, possibly um, trying to create some sort of super alliance. Um, But the biggest one of all that would have been, I'm sure, huge for us back in the day, the nil deals. Uh, Could be some money coming in for some of these players.
0: To be clear, it's
2: not soccer,
0: so we're not nil as in the money-making. NIL, NIL,
2: yeah. Yep. Um,
0: some big deals could be coming UK players ways and potentially coaches as well because we've as we're gonna get to we've got some ideas of some deals that could be done between different players and coaches on UK's roster
2: I'm not sure if you can do this and I'm just gonna throw this at you if you could come up with a company for the specialists or yourself or one of the former specialists that used to be around um, who would have thrown a bit of money at us you think who would have been getting behind us I uh, <laughs> got nothing. I uh, do. You have anything? <laughs> I have absolutely nothing. Uh, well, I was going to say no one. Um, I think we would be similar to the guys that you see at the at the traffic light, the stoplight, where we're just h- spinning h- the sign around. Yeah, yeah spinning the sign, holding, holding up a bit of cardboard, asking if we can get a couple a couple bucks. But uh, I thought of a couple um, that could be possible. We've been we've been racking our brains for the last little bit, trying to work out some guys on the team maybe some coaches and stuff that would get some interesting nil deals and we just lost Luke but you had an idea maybe for Luke and uh, coach Stoops
0: well, yeah and I hope like beyond just coming up with these I hope they actually take them to heart and use some of them we're trying to help we need, them out
2: we need all the companies listening to this to actually get on board yeah
0: I hope you all are so Luke Fortner and coach Stoops together great clips just start there. Yeah. Put them on the screen. Have them explain how great a job they do for them. Get you in and out in a hurry. I bet oh. the, the cut for stoops would be very quick. I think that would be a good place to start for the two of them. Who's got more hair? You know, what's, <laughs> it's pretty close, isn't it? What's more important, breathing or your heart beating? I mean, it's, it's just like they're equal. Just none.
2: Uh, I would love to. I would love to see that partnership. That would actually be. That'd be a great partnership, mainly because it's really cool and humorous, more so humorous. Cool for some people. Seeing Coach Stoops act. I remember this one time, and this is actually a very funny story. So I remember this one time we were, we were shooting a ad campaign for the Super Bowl ad, and it, I think it was just post the Citrus Bowl, and. Uh, Terry Wilson was kind of standing up in front of the whole group. we were in the we we're in the weight room, and Terry Wilson had to um, do the slogan which we were going with that year for uh, Why Kentucky? Why not now? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you remember that one, but that I was do. a big one for I a while. And anyway, we're in the we're in the weight room, and Terry's taken ages, like so many takes, and he just keeps laughing. All the guys keep laughing, as you would know, because not a super mature group. Sometimes when you're trying to do things like that. Yep. And so Stoops has just had enough. He's got other things to do. He might be going to the track. And he see Bash again. Yep. <laughs> and he's just going. All right. Enough's enough. Enough's enough. Terry, what you got to do is you got to say why not. Pause for a bit. Then now. So why Kentucky? Why not? Pause. Now you got it. You got it. You got it. And Terry's like, all right, all right, I'll do that. And so we go. And then Terry goes, why Kentucky? Why not? Now and kept and did it like that three takes and they're like let's do another take let's do another take and then the guy that was directing goes hey terry can you stop doing that really awkward weird pause in between the why not and now
0: (laughs) stoops was channeling the inner steven spielberg
2: it sounds like (laughs) trying to direct the whole thing one of the funniest things i've ever seen and he turns around he goes ah he thinks he knows more than me huh (laughs) you couldn't argue that stoops is like not good with the
0: camera some of the recent videos him at the practice with the sun shades coming down and then the, when they post a video of him dropping the mic after getting a recruit, one of the funniest four or five second clips I've ever seen in my life.
2: I want to know how many takes that took because I know he's a perfectionist. Yeah. It, it probably took three or four.
0: Well, that was probably back before the clip with Terry, so he's, he's built on some experience. That may want have taken a while, but the t- by the Terry clip, he was ready to do one and done and get out with all the experience he had. had.
2: Oh, the mic drop's one of the greatest of all time. We've got an idea for another coach, though. When we get a big time recruit, it's something they always post, Miles. And what, what what were you saying the other day? What what's a good one
1: for Vince Mara? Put um, Mr. his Fritos.
0: put his face on a Yahtzee board game. Just smack it in the middle and just put Yahtzee across the front, and don't explain anything else. I don't really. We were trying to come up with a reason as to why this kind of theme of Yahtzee is taking over the Kentucky recruiting. And you say you're rolling the dice. I don't. Maybe they were on a trip to Vegas as a coaching staff or something and came up with it, sitting around the room, eating some food, playing Yahtzee. Eating Fritos, I eating bet. Eating Fritos and yeah. said, let's just go with Yahtzee. That's what we're playing now. It'll stick. It makes no sense, but it'll catch on with you know everyone, and obviously it has. But, yeah, I think if you just put Big Dog's face on a Yahtzee board, that would sell for sure.
2: Big Dog is definitely more natural in front of the camera, I think, than, than Coach Stoops, although he, they'll probably argue that. But uh, I know Vince Mara will think that he's way better. Um, I had one, a really good one, I thought. But he, then he transferred out on us and went to Temple. Um, but if Temple's listening and any, any uh, companies around Temple, I'm not even sure what state that's in because we're not interested in any other states besides Kentucky. Um, so last year in the bowl game, we had Brandon Eccles just violently ass- assaulted and attacked on the field, pushed down to the ground, came within an inch of his life, luckily, Clay on, was able to run out there and just knew his first aid In just flipped him over straight into the CPR managed to bring him back could he sign a huge deal with some sort of first aid company some sort of first aid course um, and be the face for that and they just keep replaying his ability to bring people back
0: so I was actually thinking because if you go back and watch that game again as I did live the, there's like the medical staff on the sideline there you would they think they if someone died, they would come running. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. The head one was pointing as like an instruction. You see what he's doing? That's how you do it. It yeah. was a teaching moment for the younger you know, medical staff on the side. It was good for them to see someone that properly knew how to do it.
2: And I would have been interested. We always have teaching moments on Monday, as you know. When, yep. we, when we finish a game, Stoops has always grab something from the weekend, something for us to learn. Um, normally, you know, a mistake. I know when the old Miss against uh, Mississippi State decided he was going to do the uh, fake bathroom dog, and break, the yep. dog Joker urination yep. on the field. that was a big learning moment for us I, I, wasn't, I would be interested to see if, if that wasn't a bowl game if he would have brought that up on the Monday and said hey boys if anyone you know we have any cardiac arrests any more of those that's how you do it that's, that's what I need to see <laughs> um, we've yeah. got one for a fine establishment that's in Kentucky uh, a lot of people wouldn't know this And there's been a lot of misconceptions about this place. Um, It's pretty popular, it's got a radio show that goes along with it, Um, and you know, a lot of under the table stuff's obviously been going on in the lead up to this to try and work out how they were gonna do it, but now that, with their foresight, knowing that Neil was coming in, they were Mm -hmm. able to now finally announce it. Um, The Cavassier Smoke Bar. K.S. Bar. Yep. What a, Kentucky sports would be the clear
0: answer, but no, Mm-mm. uh-uh. What a great player to honor and yeah. no better way to honor him than a place that serves great barbecue, some smoked ribs <laughs> on the menu. I mean, you, that the is... The
2: smoked ribs would be one of the greatest food menu items of all time. And I, I, what I think, and I'm not putting words in their mouth, I'm hopefully putting ribs in their mouth, <laughs> I'm hoping that, you know... It'd be easy for him to just go, you know what, free ribs a whole day if Cavassier Smoke gets a touchdown. I'm sure they'd be happy to do that.
0: That could be costly for him this year, depending <laughs> on how well he goes. If he has a year like last year, that would be a tough one for him.
2: But the KS Cavassier Smoke bar, I think that's a I'll that's a great him. one. He could be the face of it. And I'm sure he'd be happy to, to go with that. He'd love it. Um, you've got one for Marquand McCall.
0: Yeah, so Marquand and then last year Quentin Bohanna. They were kind of a tag team in the middle there on defensive line. They loved the tackle for loss into the uh-uh, mm-hmm. the, the finger wag, just to let everyone know that that wasn't coming through them. I've seen the finger wag before. That's the problem. Yep. Dikembe Mutombo, yep. NBA, former player. He used it a lot after he would block a shot. Both are kind of celebratory. You're not coming through here. I think they team up, do something on the Jumbotron at Kroger Field, just to let all the fans and other teams know that it's not coming through.
2: Could he also maybe... I was thinking about this. Could he also maybe double up as, like, a traffic warden? I'm not sure that I'm not sure that traffic wardens are, are willing to kind of, you know, get on board and sponsor our players, but you, I could see him out there going, traffic's oncoming, uh-uh, uh-huh. no more traffic, and then with the other hand, just waving a few people through. That'd be good. It'd and be he's, a a he's a big boy, too. He's a big boy, so he'd you take up. Oh, you, you couldn't miss him. And you'd have to drive a – he'd be kind of like a roundabout.
0: Can you imagine him in, like, one of the, like, neon vests – God,
2: he'd look good. He would look so good. Um, Speaking of people who look good, and by that I mean look terrible, we had a player. So there's SEC Media Day, right? And for those of you that aren't across it, two or three players normally get invited. They go down to wherever it's going to be. I think it's normally in Mobile, maybe in Alabama. I I couldn't tell you.
0: it's in – it is in Alabama. Maybe Hoover.
2: Okay, Hoover, Alabama. Somewhere smaller in Alabama. And – this year, they decided they'd take two, Josh Pascal, Darian Kennard. Now, the backstory to this is, is you win. So obviously, you see the guys up there talking. They're all wearing the suits and stuff like that. Well, most people wouldn't know. You're actually allowed, and this is 100% serious, you're allowed to choose your suit. So for example, when I got to go to the Ray Guy Award and when I went to the All-American stuff, I get to go to wherever it's gonna be, wherever they want me to go, and I get to choose out my suit, everything. From the shirt, the tie, the pocket square, everything like that. So you have 100% control over what you're wearing. And so it's a great it's great for a player to be able to make something like that, because there you go, there's your suit, to you wear out the Keeneland for the day, or you know, to a wedding, something like that. Hopefully not your actual wedding, hopefully you can come up with your own suit, but someone else's wedding, but you get to choose your own suit. Now, we had a player that was chosen to do this, and it's not Josh Pascal. And DK decided that he would just go no tie, but three or four buttons down. One of the worst looking suits I've ever seen. And if you're talking about anti-nil ability, he has just stopped himself from doing any fashion label stuff. For the, I think for the next no. five years.
0: Macy's, Dillard's, Ralph Lauren, Polo, all of them said no, not
2: this. And the flowing mane, like it just none of it added up.
0: The worst part, and we've discussed this before, but you, he walks in, he's got that, and then right after you turn and his head coach looks like he's wearing a suit that the mob boss in New York <laughs> would wear, the Navy pinstripe on Mark Stoops. You couldn't have gotten a worse contrast. Like at least put the coach in a mediocre suit to help him out a bit.
2: When Coach Stoops looks that good, I can—I know why he took an O-lineman with him because he would have needed people to fend it. Like, yeah, there the would have been girl, women been coming out over He needed agreed. someone to fend him off. The pinstripes were unbelievable.
0: And he's always got that like cheeky little smile when he goes to events like that. And he acts like it's because he's excited for the team, which is probably true. But more so, he knows how good he looks in something like that.
2: <laughs> We've got the last one. And we're going to leave this up to viewers' discretion on how they want to approach this and whether they've got any ideas. Um, write in. We're going to come up with a Twitter page soon. So write in and give us some feedback on the show. And, and let us know what you think about this last one. Um, so... There's a there's a famous, created by Coach Slyman, there's a famous um, saying around Kentucky, the big blue wall. Um, and the guys have been doing an awesome job. Um, they're even trying to think of things that will honor Coach Slyman, which is a great idea. But we thought, you know, if there's anywhere in the country that any of our viewers can think of that needs a big wall, um, anywhere that needs some sort of wall constructed, a big blue wall constructed, um, anywhere in the country, if you guys could think of something, some way we could incorporate some sort of wall being built, um, we'd love for you to write in and, and just let us know how we would be able to do that, because we can't come up with an idea.
0: We we sat around the table the other night for hours thinking of places that needed a wall. Yeah. We went to the, you know, all around, east, yeah. west, yeah. south, yeah. Texas, up north, mm-hmm. couldn't think of anywhere that could no. use a wall. And yeah. you've got, the good thing for the listeners, you've got Several linemen that would we'll be tall, happy to build it. Wide yep. would cover a lot of ground for you. So if there's things. somewhere that needs a long and tall wall, I think it would be helpful for them.
2: So just let us know. And any other feedback that you guys have got for the show, we'd be happy to listen. Um hope you guys have enjoyed this so far. We we'll hopefully be back again soon. Miles, I've appreciated having you having you. Uh have you had fun?
0: I've had fun. It's been a good chat.
2: Hopefully we've got some more. Coach Stoops and uh, Coach Marrow and player stories for you next time, guys. But thanks for
1: listening and uh, enjoy the rest of your week.